Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of All About Sports, the podcast. Before we get into this week, let me quickly remind you of last week. We spoke about NBA's greatest trio since the 2000s. We spoke about Boston, we spoke about the Brooklyn Nets, we spoke about the Warriors. If you're an NBA fan or just wanting to learn more about the NBA, do check it out. But with that, let's get into this week's podcast. We know that the Olympics are coming up later this year in 2021. It seems that way as of now. We know there are some pressures because of COVID that there is some resistance to it potentially in Japan. But as of now, it's still at the time that we're recording, it still looks like there's going to be an Olympics in Tokyo in 2021 starting in July. So go leading up to that, we wanted to talk a little bit about what we believe is the Asian superpower in the Olympics, which is China. China obviously hosted the Olympics in 2008. And really since there, um, since rejoining the Olympics in 1984, I want to say, um, they've really started to grow as a dominant force in the Olympics, competing with some of the historic powers like Russia, like the US, like Great Britain. So with that, let's hop right into it. Shubham, I'll go to you first. What do you think is one of the biggest factors leading to China's growth and success in Olympic sports? Um, to answer your question, I would just say at least 2008, it was the obsession with, with winning gold. Uh, so, so China, at least in 2008, when, when the Olympics was hosted in China, uh, to, to put out their country in the world as a sporting nation, they have this Olympic program, which has been running behind the scenes for many, many years, where kids as young as four, five or six, once they're put in a sport, they have to play that sport till the time they actually go and represent the country for an Olympic event. And that is the bubble they live in. That is basically a state-run system and it is extremely regimental. It is extremely like designed in a way to prepare these young athletes to just go and uh, represent the country in the Olympics. So I think that has been a major factor in China's dominance. And for all our viewers and listeners, just to give you all a sort of, sort of an idea as to uh, about how much China won. In Beijing, they won uh, 100 medals out of which 48 were gold. London, 91 medals, 38 gold. In Rio, 70 medals, 26 gold. These numbers are numbers which previously China never did. So China's rise has been uh, from, from Beijing onwards. And, and one country that we all know has always been uh, the standout country when it comes to Olympics is the US. Uh, and U.S. medal tallies: Beijing 112 out of 36, uh, out of which 36 were gold. London 104 medals, 46 gold. Rio 121 medals, 46 gold. So for China, like obviously they haven't uh, beaten the U.S., but to even get close, it's remarkable. And I think it's only down to their state-run system and their obsession for gold. Yeah, just a couple of things that I wanted to add. I think Shubham pretty much covered it perfectly. He mentioned, and I think he's absolutely right, Shobham. I think their domination post-2008 was, was just meteoric in terms of their rise in the tallies. They didn't do too badly in Athens and Sydney as well. I think they got around 60 medals in uh, Sydney, if I'm not, uh, in Sydney, if, and sorry, in Athens, if I'm not wrong as well. So they were already on that upward trajectory. But yeah, they peaked out and I guess that's home advantage, obviously, that's why an overwhelming 48 goals, that's no joke, man. Uh, the US won 46 in London. So to beat that, which everyone was saying was an incredible performance by the US and to beat that in 2008, oh man, incredible performance. But just like Shubham spoke about the entire program that it's run, state run and the way it is. Just a few things on that. 
the difference is and i think it it really like we can feel it the most being indians is that over there parents push their kids into sports over there you see there's a complete focus where parents are encouraging their kids to take it up as a profession not as a part time thing or just as a physical sort of activity they want them to grow and be the best because the state backs them fully then it's an, an incredibly uh, competitive setup that they have and only the best make it because of this cutthroat system that they have for selections and they all start very young uh, again they are all picked up at, at the age of 13 14 to represent their countries as well uh they had 639 people who made the cut for the beijing olympics that's how strong their contingent was and it and i mean fine a lot of people say you expect that right they're the biggest population in the world so in terms of that you're expecting talent to grow but look at the second uh, most popular uh, populous country in the world and when we're close right uh, forget even success in terms of even sending con- a, such a big contingent because we just don't make the cut in terms of the olympic cut and all of the athletes seem to challenge almost all of the athletes are always challenging for medals and i guess that drive and hunger to not only just be a part of the olympics but to win and not only win a medal but to win that gold medal is so high the stakes are so high that it's just brought out the best in the country that's a great point and i i you know i have to harp on the exact same thing which is those sports schools that are in china right i think at the end of the day we all agree that talent is one aspect that you absolutely need but at the end of the day what probably distinguishes the chinese athletes is just the amount of time spent perfecting their art i saw a quote from one so more recently there's a little bit there's been a bit more pushback against these sports schools and attendance and the number of students actually going to these schools has decreased because more recently like you were saying was um you were saying like you know chinese parents have encouraged historically encouraged their students to you know their kids if they're talented to go into these sports schools interestingly more recently that's declined a little bit with chinese parents now wanting their kids to focus more on academics um as a result what's kind of happened is the chinese government actually passed a law that meant that these sports schools had to add in a lot more academic requirements on requirements outside their sports training as well uh but when that was happening there was a principal who basically from one of the schools who said if you want to become a world champion you couldn't study anything else this is totally wrong in this way not many could reach the top so china's entire motto has been focus if you want to be a world champion olympian you have to start training to be a world champion from the age of being very young which is very different from any other country's culture when it comes to sports olympics like even you take america for example who we talked about as being the dominant superpower they start very young yes but not to the extent that academics is kind of pushed aside they're still kind of managing the two um and even in college a big part of it is kind of juggling the two it's only really towards the end of college that they start to completely transition off into doing purely athletics um and what makes it kind of complicated for china i think is this aspect cuz when 2008 i like you said mars was kind of the peak of their olympic success i would say they had the most athletes participating they topped the world in gold medals topped the world in they came second in total medals i think second to the us only so that was kind of their peak and that was their goal you know we are hosting the olympics we want to be the best my question to you all is was that the height 
of China's success in the Olympics. Are there, do you see them getting ever beating the US at, in terms of total points or gold medal tally again? Only because of this, this same reason that I now feel um, their sports schools are getting less attendance. I think parents now are slightly more reluctant to go into those into those systems. And there is a, 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 you know, an additional fear of once these athletes are done uh, with the Olympics, what do they do after that, right? Because they don't really have much training to do really much else outside of the Olympics. And hypothetically, if they don't make it to the Olympics, they're kind of left with not a lot of options to work with. So do you think Beijing was kind of the height of their success? Or do you think that it, this has just kind of been maybe um, a little bit of a drop, you know, a little bit of a, a struggle they'll have to overcome and they'll be back to dominating and at one point can beat the US as well. What are your thoughts? So what I think is um, some of the things that you said, I absolutely agree with. See, firstly, Beijing was, according to me, the pinnacle. And I do not think that they will be able to repeat something that again. Reason being, first thing that you correctly mentioned, uh, parents were pushing kids into this thing. There was a reason for that. Many years, like when you when you uh, participate in Beijing at 2008, so you're at least training for like goodness, 15 years or something like that. So let's go 15 years back in time. So early 90s, the batch of Beijing must have been training from late 80s to early 90s. Back then, pushing a child into uh, a state-run sports system was a great way of making money. And also like, like the, your child was completely taken care of. You didn't have to worry about your child. Your child's upbringing was taken care of. The reason there's been a decline in participants for these sporting schools is not just academic. It's also that now China being such a huge economical powerhouse, there are a lot more economic, uh, there are a lot more financial options available for children to try different things. So parents don't have to push them into state run sports uh, to worry about the upbringing because now the, the, the average person is also earning more money. So with that money, they can give their children other options. First thing. The second thing, like you again, correctly mentioned is China has not always been a country culturally driven by sports, like for example, the US. The US sports is something which kids are introduced um, at a very young age and it's very holistic. So there's academics, there's sports. It's not just focus on playing TT and you play TT till the time you go to the Olympics. You play TT, you play baseball, you swim, you do everything. And then if you're good, then you take up one sport on a more serious level in high school, then you go to college. And then after that, if you're good enough, you make it to the Olympics. In China, if there's potential at the age of five, you put in a school where you just play TT every single day and hopefully you make the cut. So like you said, once, once these, these athletes, if they make it to the Olympics or they don't, outside of this uh, state-run school bubble, they don't know what to do in life. So that is also something which I feel has led to a decline in participation. And there's something very interesting that I came across is the investment after Beijing by, state run, like by, by China itself has reduced. So I, I came across a stat which basically said, uh, for the United States Olympics Committee, they invest $4.4 million for per gold medal. Uh, the UK invests $6.7 million in their athlete for per medal. And China's investment, while it peaked for Beijing, it has certainly dropped since then for the given reasons. So I personally think that maybe that was China's pinnacle. But let's keep in mind, uh, China, I think, is hosting the Winter Olympics also soon. So maybe out, out there we will see some, some magic created by them. Uh, but yeah, all in all, I think they peaked. Mazda, I want to just quickly interject with one point because I just want to go off what Malu said about, um, you know, focusing on a sport at a very young age. That's a great point because China's entire, entire system has been based on specialization, right? From a very young age, they see what your talent is. Are you strong? Are you athletic? Are you, um, like, do you, do you have 
um, like flexibility to be like a gymnast. And from a very young age, they make you specifically focus on that one sport. You focus on that one sport as compared to the US where if you have generally athletic abilities, you can try out a few different things. So they really narrow it down. They really narrow down the focus to one hardcore specific skill set um, for a, basically your entire athletic career, which I'm sure helps in developing that specific skill set, but you probably don't develop a lot, a lot else. But sorry to that's the, um, that's the difference between having something which is culturally ingrained within the system. Whereas kids, we go out, we play, we have fun, and we have the talent, we make it. As compared to as compared to coming up with a system with a single uh, goal in mind, that is to win gold. So when you have a system like that in place, athletes almost become like a, a production house. You know, these state-run schools become a production house, and athletes are like products for a certain sport. So as to say. No, absolutely great point. <laughs> I think Shubham, you hit the nail on the head with your points because it perfectly runs into what I wanted to say as well. So what I wanted to highlight is I completely agree. I think Beijing, I think China peaked in Beijing in 2008. And that was also because of the amount of money invested into their program, knowing that it's the host nation. So they wanted to and they had, I remember them uh, saying it before the Olympics that they will be the best country at the Olympics at home. And, and well, they pretty much did that. They won the most goals. In fact, 12 more than se second place US. So they absolutely dominated. But then there was so much money invested in there. They spent $42.6 billion on their Olympics program. And that's the most since, uh, I mean, it was the most till Sochi, which was the Winter Olympics in 2014. It was the most expensive before that. So clearly they, they had a goal in mind. They achieved that. They invested nearly $40 billion in infrastructure from 2002 to 2006 to basically make that bird's nest, their Olympic stadium. Uh, they pr started promoting their top Chinese athletes like Liu Xiang and okay, I'm not going to pronounce the names, forget it. Um, I'll get some slack for that then. They built sports facilities. They built 37 new stadiums and venues. They also built 59 training centers for the Paralympic Games. Let's not forget, they also focus on Paralympics a lot. They are the seventh most successful country in the Paralympics as well, all time. Same like the, the Summer Olympics where they rank as well. So there's a lot of focus on that. I don't know about the magic in the Winter Olympics, Shubham, because they historically haven't been that involved in the Winter Olympics as well. And it's understandable given that it's not, again, it's, they don't have much of snow or those types of regions where they can really, uh, you know, participate or even train for such uh, Winter Olympics games. So I wouldn't, but again, man, you never know. You it's really China, never man, know. exactly. You never it's, know. It, you never know. They could like certainly upset some teams in certain sports. But coming back to one more point, why I don't see, and, and we've seen the downward trend as well in terms of their Olympics. 2008, you, you already mentioned it, 100 medals. Then 2012, 91. 2016, most recently, 70. There's been a clear uh, decline in terms of the number of medals. Medals, obviously, even the contingents have decreased for them. 
in terms of the number of participants qualifying for the Olympic Games. But just, I'm going to look at it sports-wise. And if you saw it discipline-wise, China was first in gymnastics, individual sports, martial arts, shootings, swords, team sports and track and field in 2008. In 2012, they were tied first in gymnastics with Russia. And they only uh, won the most medals in individual sports per se. But uh, otherwise, team sports and uh, let's say aquatics and all of those events, they struggled pretty much in London. And Rio as well was a similar case. They've been dominant in gymnastics, no doubt. But we saw the US upsetting them in 2016 in Rio. And then we also saw... Uh, but they've maintained their trend in terms of individual sports because there is so much focus, right? They start at such a young age, so they do that. But team sports, they're far off. And they're far off it in a lot of different uh, categories like track and field and stuff like that as well. So definitely seeing that decline, I'd, I'll be amazed if they manage to win 65 medals also this year. Depends on how it goes, obviously, with COVID and if there's no problems. I won't see them winning 65 medals also this year. I, I would genuinely feel that the UK might finish second this time around. Maz, you, so you, you make a great point because I think that transitions kind of into the second aspect. We talk a lot about, we talked a lot about kind of what it takes to get to the Olympics. Now, once when we look at the Olympics specifically, China was very smart about the sports that they built out to make sure. And that's exactly the point that you hit on, Mazar. When we talk about the sports that China has been dominant in, in recent years, if they look at diving, weightlifting, gymnastics, of course, table tennis and badminton, shooting and swimming. So they had a project that was known, I think it's Project 119, which was, or 119, which is, was at the time the number of gold medals you could officially win in a year. And they basically analyzed, okay, what are the sports that we're kind of struggling in from a medals perspective? And which are the sports we feel we can flip the switch? Let's focus on those spots. Let's flip the switch on those spots and start targeting the medals heavily on those spots. Maybe there are some sports that don't have as many medals associated with them. We don't need to focus on that as much. Let's focus on the ones that we feel confident we can flip the switch and win medals in and really, really focus on those. Since 1992, China has won all goals four times in table tennis and they did it one time in badminton. And they won three quarters of all diving goals since 1992. So I think what you have to give the, the Chinese organizers credit for is um, they have analyzed what they need to, to hit their kind of medal tally. And like you said, Maz, in those other sports that you talked about, right? Some of the team sports, they haven't had as much success. And they've been willing to almost sacrifice that because they know they're getting, they're getting, um, they're getting medals from other places. The sad thing though, and I, I don't know how much truth there is to that is, I, I saw an article that recently said, you know, because, you know, sports like table tennis and badminton are essentially have very low participation rates in non-Asian countries, right? There's a very high participation rate amongst Asian countries, not so much amongst non-Asian countries. They, um, there is a risk that they might be removed from the Summer Olympics. So that could be another thing that hypothetically, if those are removed, which I don't think is reasonable because we should be looking to develop sports even in, you know, amongst the Asian countries. If those do go out, that would be a major, major hit to, to China, right? If table tennis and badminton were to fall out, um, that would be a huge, huge loss for, for them. So, um, very interesting to see how they've, they've narrowed in on those sports. Marlo, any thoughts on that? 
No, I absolutely agree. And for all our viewers and listeners, just to add a little bit more about table tennis and badminton and how important it is for China, uh, those sports and how how well they have dominated. I I think I might be like um, I'm not hundred percent sure, but I think in TT, I know for a fact in TT and badminton they are leading when it comes to overall medal tally. Uh, in TT, they have twenty eight gold uh, and fifty three. Um, uh, overall medals and badminton 18 gold and 41 overall medals so that just clearly proves as to how uh, well the system has been designed to just completely highlight and focus on the on the few sports that they're good at and when it comes to team sports like let that be uh, sports like um, uh, f- football rowing athletics also for that matter they're nowhere close to the us the us is is the supreme country to beat um so yeah i i do feel if if certain sports are taken out uh, from from the summer olympics i think that's that's really going to hit china hard and it, in fact it would be very interesting to see if something like this happens how would china then uh, react to it and would china start focusing more on uh, other sports where they have not historically been successful so i think that 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 might might just be very interesting So they've dominated table tennis since 1984 and badminton since 1988. They've won 115 medals since 1992 in swimming and diving. Uh, they've won 67 medals in gymnastics and 77 in shooting and swords. So swords, I'm assuming, is only fencing because I can't think of any other events in that. But just tells you that. that's a major focus in three disciplines itself right there you know you know one thing that you guys are saying and i'm i'm just feeling so bad listening to all these numbers and stats being thrown out like these many goals and these many total medals india abhinav bindra wins one gold and the country goes mad and our dear these these guys are winning like 40 and 30 gold medals like I don't know. I know that I'm I'm going off topic, but I'm just feeling horrible, man, right now. Yeah, you're right, Yashubham. Yeah, and it's a great point because even China averages one medal per 1.3 million people. That is still like, and you think that what 1.3 million people, and you're only managing to win one medal, but that's how competitive sports is, and that and that's the sad thing, right? we are the second largest population in the world and we can't even win five gold medals or like can't even tally up double figures in medals at the olympics it's extremely extremely disappointing to see that money goes to the wrong places in the wrong areas and aren't utilized for something that really india must be averaging more, together, like yeah. one medal in 100 million people or something like that I don't even want to give it a number. I don't think we can work out that ratio. Yeah, <laughs> and I and I think we spoke about this a little bit at the start. How much of that has to? I don't want to make this political, but a little bit has to do with having a one-party system, right? One of the advantages that China has is once they, as a party, agree that this is a focus for them, there is no risk of like altering political agendas, like different parties coming in ruling. That issue doesn't exist. Once they, as a party, so that may, there may be some disagreements. you know within the party but once they focus on and say hey this is a goal for us really there is no one to resist that right there's no there's no there's not going to be a political faction that will resist that and i think that's really helped them because once they set that as being a political agenda for the country when they said you know when they won the bid in i think 2000 or so when they won the bid for the 2008 olympics there was no one to resist the extremely high levels of funding into um into china in you know in 2008 and you you have to you know let's take japan as an example right 
we're seeing all this resistance more recently to hosting the Olympics in Japan this year because of some of the pressures due to coronavirus. Frankly, this wouldn't be a concern in China, right? If if the Chinese government has decided to host it, they're not particularly care for opinions on whether or not you care about whether or not you think it should or shouldn't be hosted. They would host it. And that's kind of the advantage they've had, right? Now, I on the flip side, I want to say India does need we could India has a potential to do a lot better than we've done historically as well. There is there is a range to this. So that's probably, the thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing I feel like whenever we talk about India, we always just talk about potential. But that potential, when will that potential turn into results? Like that's a big question. And and perhaps that's gonna be a question, I don't know, for the rest of time, you know, because uh while India has again a lot of potential, uh when one similarity which I see between China and India is the parental focus on academics. I see that. But at the same time, uh, the way the state funds these uh, these uh, governing bodies for different sports and the way the athletes are taken care of, it just doesn't happen in India to that scale. And like like you, like we've, we've, we've spoken to so many athletes and so many athletes we've read about in newspapers, athletes who performed at state level, national level. Like sometimes they have to sell pani puri on the streets to take care of themselves. And th- their situation is really, really bad. So when that is the, the situation of your athletes, how many people would want to take up sports as a career? You know, like if you want to take up something as a career, at the end of the day, you will think, right? Like, can it sustain me? Can it sustain my family? Just talking strictly financially. And we know for a fact that China pumps in so much money that maybe they take care of those things, which unfortunately doesn't happen in India. So I just think like, while we will always be a country with great potential, um, God knows how much of that will actually result in winning medals. I just wanted to add something here as well. I think recently, at least with the OGQ, that's the Olympic Gold Quest coming in, I've seen a lot of progress in terms of performances of athletes in India. They're getting the facilities they are needed. They're getting the right coaches and the state of the art facilities purely because the people who are running that organization are athletes themselves or were athletes once upon a time. We're talking about Leander Pace. We're talking about uh Viren Raskinas, we're talking about like Even the badminton of, guy. Uh, what's the badminton? Yeah, Pulelo Gopichand. Gopichand, so, yeah. Yes. Abhinav Even Prakash Padukone. But again, Padukone. All, of these, all of these are privately run, right? How much of them are funded by the state? No, so OJ is fu- I agree. I agree, Shobham. That's the problem. It's private. But yeah. the thing is, they are still getting these athletes onto their programs. They've done well in the world championships, they've done well at the Asian Games, but it never converts onto the Olympic stage. And, and that's sad because I'm going to use an example of, I'm not sure, uh, Deepika Kumari or Apurvi Chandela. I think both were ranked number one in their respective uh, sports. So Apurvi Chandela in shooting and uh, Deepika Kumari in archery. They just didn't deliver. They didn't deliver a medal altogether. So some even the athletes, I guess that's also because of, I, I wouldn't want to say lack of exposure because you're in the world's. World Championships but and the Asian Championships, you're still playing at a high level. But then the pressure or probably just that entire experience of being in that Olympics village and seeing the US athletes and the Brit- Great Britain athletes and all these top countries, Germany, France, Italy, might just be weighing too heavily on them. And I wanted to just say that that's you're right, Shubham. Potential is there. But they also need to have the nerves of steel. Abhinav Bindra did that once and we saw what it did. We need more of that. 
and 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 just just to add on one thing that you said mazar uh i i totally agree that sometimes certain occasions can be too too big for an individual no matter he might be having the talent to actually win a medal but there's so much pressure there's so much spotlight that you might you might not be mentally prepared and again i think something like that can happen through practice if you're continuously participating in those big events big ticket events big broadcasting events a crowds of like 10000 15000 20000 you sort of get prepped for for an occasion like the olympics so yeah i think i think for india it has to be a grassroots develop it has to be a bottom up and a top down approach where there has to be funding from the government and obviously athletes need to get that push uh, uh, from the grassroots levels where hopefully then can turn into medals absolutely and i think where china is such an inspiration is for a while you know there was this belief that you know there are certain genetic disadvantages that maybe people from from the asian subcontinent just have as compared to people in you know us and 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 europe and china has been the inspiration to prove no that isn't it there are sports even if there might be differences there are certain sports that there might be we have an advantage in that we could focus on and really even sports that you know other countries in europe and us have been dominant in we can start to make inroads so that can no longer really be used as an excuse and that's really where china's inspiration and proof the asian countries that it is possible to break the molds and break the chains of you know uh, historically who are the countries that are successful um in those sports but with that let's go into our uh, segment that we've kind of made a regular on our podcast which is the quiz segment uh, unfortunately gui uh, is out today because he is he is unwell so the three of us uh, who who i i realize i don't even know if i introduced are three of us which is myself rishab mazhar and shubham today um are going to do the quiz it's not worth any points that we typically uh, tally so typically we would when it's all four of us we keep a points tally and then um after all of us have gone through asking questions you know the loser essentially who has the least points has a punishment no your punishment is pending it is pending and by the way and by the way krishna by the way krishna i don't think you need to introduce us for all, all our viewers and listeners just google us you will get the result <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and just, just to give some context uh, before we started recording this podcast uh, just out of pure vanity we were googling ourselves to see where we come in the search rank and uh, we have, we are, it's happy to say that we are on the first page with our podcast flashing there so yeah If if we are not introduced, it's fine. A Google search will do the rest. <laughs> and hopefully, if you know us, you'll recognize the picture. If it's not a picture of us, it might be it might be something else as well. But most of it has been our podcast, touch wood at least. With <laughs> uh, with that, let me get right into it. No points today, but just pride and honor on the line. So, guys, with that, let me start off with the first question. I think we kind of discussed this a little bit already, but should be this should be a pretty straightforward one. Which sport? has china won the most bronze medals in not gold or silver bronze medals hey, give hints yeah this is too it hard is sport, it is a sport it is a sport that mazhar mentioned as being a focus of theirs uh in this conversation archery okay maz most bronze right yep And I'll also give you. Oh, sorry, I'll give you a second hand, and Malu, I'll allow you to go again if you want. If you want to change answer, this is where that it's their third best sport from a gold perspective. Okay. Yeah. I think I got that then. Malu, do you okay. want to go again? I'll stick with archery only, I guess. Okay. Fair enough. Maz. I'm confused. It's gymnastics or shooting. I'm not sure, but I'm going with gymnastics. 
Gymnastics is absolutely right, Maz. I think this competition, we can name it the Mazar Gadiwala Trophy. And then <laughs> if one of us, you know, one of us beats him, we can be the Leicester City for that one, for that one time. <laughs> but that's absolutely right, Maz. They won 23 bronze medals in gymnastics to go along with 29 goals and 21 silver medals. So bang on, Maz. Bang on with that one. So now, next one. Which sport has had the most flag bearers for China? And which sport did the flag bearer belong to for the last Olympics? So which sport has had the most flag bearers for China? And who was the flag, which sport did the last flag bearer belong to in the 2016 Olympics? The hint for the first one, which is the most flag bearers, is... Um, badminton. Okay, no hints. Okay, perfect. Must badminton. Okay, and last one? Both you can badminton. give Shubham the hint though. I'm just going for badminton. For both, for both the most as well as the last one. Oh, they're the same. Oh, they're different. They're different. They're different. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. They're not the same answer. No. So last one, I'm saying badminton. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'll go with badminton TT. Okay. Badminton TT. Interestingly, I was very surprised by this. Diving. Most flag bearers. No, basketball with nine. Yeah, me, man. Yeah, it was very, very interesting. So basketball with nine, and the last one was fencing. Oh, wow. so pretty, pretty interesting one. Random. So, no, when so I with... think about it, I don't even think about fencing, man. How am I supposed to have one? <laughs> yeah, it's... this was like this is not this is not even left field. This is outside the stadium. <laughs> so, so like, hopefully this one is a bit better. So same question. So who, which sport has had the most flag bearers? But for India this time. This should be probably a little bit closer to home. No hints for this. Hey, wrestling, wrestling. I think wrestling. Okay, okay. Maz? Yeah, I'm with I'm with Shubham on this one. I, I've got to say wrestling. So we probably had most wrestling success, but most flag bearers is actually hockey. Oh yeah, damn! We should have got that. We should have got that. That's that's the only one. But I, I, um, I, 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 if not for being the quiz master on this one, I think I would have guessed wrestling too. Just because I think so much of our success that we've, and I think since the two thousands that we've known of has been in wrestling. But interestingly, it is hockey. Here's an interesting one, and this is I'm going to make it easy. So there were four other countries competing to host the two thousand and eight Olympics, right? Name one of those other countries that was competing with China for the 2008 Olympics. Any one of the countries. And I'll give you a hint. There was one country in Asia. Sorry, two countries from Asia, one from Europe. I won't say Japan. where the last one is from because the last one's Japan. too easy. Japan. So yours, what, I guess it's Japan. Okay, Maz? Not, not Japan, Japan. Oh, got it. <laughs> sorry, sorry. My bad, my bad. <laughs> Um, if, since you said too easy, then I've got to go for uh, Great Britain. Uh, or two Asian? No, I said I, I, I didn't say two Asian. One, uh, oh. one Europe, and I don't want to say the region of the last one because that would be too much of a giveaway. Oh, USA. It was actually Canada. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and Japan is right. So it was Istanbul, Turkey, Osaka, Japan, Paris, France, and Toronto, Canada. Nice. So with that, last question, last question. How many Olympics have been hosted in Asia and Australia since the 1900s? And I'm not counting 
Russia and USSR is Asia. I know they're like borderline Asia, Europe, but I'm not counting Russia and U USSR. And also I'm not counting those that were canceled in 1996, 1940 and 1944 due to World War I and World War II. So total number of Asia plus Australia um, for countries having hosted the Olympics since the 1900s. Summer Olympics only, I hope. Summer Olympics, Summer Olympics, pardon me, <laughs> Summer Olympics. Damn it, I didn't get through all my caveats. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Um, three Olympics. So, South Korea hosted one. China and I think Japan hosted one. So, so I, one reminder, it's Australia plus Asia. Australia oh, plus oh, Asia. Oh, damn. Australia also. I don't know how many Australia's hosted. One Sydney, I know. I don't know if they've hosted more. Okay, I'm going with five. Okay, Malu? Four. So, Mazar, you are absolutely right. It is five. It is five Olympic Games, including Asia plus Australia. So, Australia in 1956, Japan in 1964, South Korea in 1988, yes. Australia in 2000, and then, of course, Beijing in 2008. So, great job, Maz. You made a little smart guess that Australia hosted it more than once. You knew one. You made a good guess there on them hosting it one other time. The next question, guys, is in terms of gold medals, who are the countries above and below China in total number of gold medals across Olympics? So, total number of gold medals. The hint is, so, China is currently fourth with 224. Who is third and who is fifth? The hint is both are European countries. Is Russia counted as Europe? Russia would be counted as Europe. For this question. For this question, I'm counting it. So as one answer is Russia for sure. China is fourth on the list. China is fourth on third the and list. fifth. So we have third and fifth. fifth. Correct, correct, correct. And China is fourth on the list. Yeah. So US okay. is number uh, one. Oh, Fourth is China. I would say Russia is one of the countries. Okay. And the second country I would say is uh... wait. I'll get back on my second country. I'm thinking of it. <laughs> Mas, what are you thinking? It's uh, I agree with Chobam. It's Russia or Russia second on the list. Sorry, one minute. We have to get third, right? Third and we third have to and guess fifth. third. We Correct. have to guess third and fifth. Okay. Okay. Correct. Okay. That's so UK, okay, I, I got UK. it. Yeah, I would go over. with UK and uh, UK and Russia. UK and Russia, Mazar. So US is first, Russia second, Britain's third. I agree. I have got uh, fifth is France, Italy, France, Italy, Germany, Germany, France, Italy, Germany, France, Italy. Who is it? 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 Uh, it's Germany. I'm going with Germany. Mazar, you had it. It was actually Great Britain third and France in oh. fifth. <laughs> you I thought so. Malu, I'm glad I confused you. I could I, I consider Russia to be Europe, but they are second. You Soviet Union slash Russia is second. But great guess it is. So it is third. So I got UK. I got yes, UK. You got UK. So Britain is third with 263 and France is fifth with 212. I How many are Germany? That's uh, a great question. I'm checking right now. So Germany is 191. So they oh, are okay, okay. seventh. They're seventh. Oh, so Italy, guess Italy, sixth? Italy. 
Italy. That's right. Six yeah. is Italy. And US is yeah. what? US? US is first. US is first. No. A total is uh, 1,022. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> second is, well, second is Soviet Union. So I wonder if they've counted Russia separately. Uh, no, no, no. So that'll include no, Russia. Yeah. They include all. So on for whatever reason on this list they've included Russia separately. But either way, even if you add up Russia and Soviet Union, they'd still be second. But so what? if you, so it would be like five hundred and um, like five hundred and forty-four for Russia plus Soviet Union. Yeah, it's five hundred. US is double, dude. It's more US, double. US has almost three thousand Olympic medals. There's yeah. no one in 2000. Forget, forget yeah. the rest. There's so, <laughs> and then the next even so from so Russia's then around 544. Next is Britain, who's 263. So the That's drop from US, yeah, from it's it's really like a Cold War type situation going on. Quite literally, even with these medals. So quick, and where is India? India. I don't know the count to be. It's not even on the list. Yeah, I don't know how to get the count for this one. Uh, forget, it, forget it. He's yeah, just playing with you, Krishna. <laughs> in terms of total medals, I can tell you, uh, India is nine two hundred and or nine gold medals. Nine gold medals. So we'll be like ninety-eighth or something. Yeah, I can't even see the count. I'll have to like physically count. So I am unfortunately <laughs> can't do that. So quick follow-up on that. Since you mentioned total medals, Mas, since you medal to- mentioned total medals, exact same question for you. But with total number of medals, so including bronze and silver as well, China is seventh with 564. Who is sixth and who is eighth? So sixth, I'll give you the hint, is a European country. Eighth, I'll give you the only hint I'm going to give you for eighth is they're not European, but they are a country that has hosted the Olympic Games. Italy and Australia. Italy and Australia for Malu. Okay. Mazar. Six. Yeah. Okay. Um. Sorry. What, what did you say, Shubha? Italy and Australia. Did, yeah. I, I. Italy for sure. But I. I I'm not sure about. I. I don't think it's Australia. I. I. Krishnan. I think you're wrong because when I was doing research, I remember doing going through this, and I think it was. I think it was Sweden, but I. I, I want you to like check again because but otherwise if like i have to agree with shubham then it has to be australia if at all no uh, yeah it has to be australia then i would say so but you obviously understood what i was my hint because uh, so what i have is is australia and it's super close so it's 497 for australia and 494 for sweden so i don't know if maybe this is missing a few but um, I have it as 490. So Sweden is just behind with 494. So which are the two countries, Sweden and Australia? So, so no, no. So, so you were you right. The sixth Italy is, Italy is, sixth. Is, 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 is sixth with 577 uh, total medals. And then Australia is ninth. Oh, sorry. Rather eighth with 497 total medals. Nice. So very, very close uh, between. And, and next up, of course, is Sweden with 494. So very, very close between Australia and Sweden. But with that Man, again, Australia has 494 medals, 497 medals. Come on, yeah, and look at see now. This is what we have to check: how many medals per per person in Australia? Australia. Dude, even Sweden, man. How many people Sweden have? Sweden have barely any people. 
Yeah, and do that. Is, and these are and these are summer Olympics, like winter Olympics. Yeah. I can understand them dominating. Yep. Summer Olympics. Where are these medals coming from? Which events? Unbelievable. It's crazy man. It's crazy. Extremely yeah. impressive. But with that, guys, so thanks so much. The Mazar Gadiwala Award today again goes to Mazar Gadiwala, unsurprisingly. <laughs> unsurprisingly. Shubham was good in this one, man. Shubham was really good in but this one. But great answer. And Malu, great answer on the on the last one. I 100% would not have gotten that. I, I might have guessed Australia. I wouldn't have guessed Italy, very honestly. Um, I'm no, the I reason I got Italy was because of the previous question. I didn't get the last one. No, no, good connecting the dots. Good connecting the dots. Uh, but with that, everyone, again, thanks so much for listening. Um, stay tuned for more episodes that we'll bring, especially leading up to the Olympics to discuss the Olympics a little further. Um, hopefully, it, it can still go on and things get better in Japan from a COVID perspective. Thanks so much, everyone, for listening. Do stay tuned for more episodes. And do like, share, leave a comment if there's anything else you'd like us to cover from a sports perspective. But with that, stay safe and have a great week. Bye.